Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from the Old Testament lesson. Uh, Daniel had a, a night vision, and he says, Behold, I saw with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented to him. Dear friends of Christ, a dream. You know, we all have dreams, and, and, and you know, some people, are you one of those people that remember your dreams? I'm not one of those people. My wife seems to be one of those people that remembers hers. And then dreams can be good or dreams can be bad. Dreams sometimes are of loved ones and, and bring us happy memories. Sometimes those dreams, though, are terrifying. And we could have some fun talking about, you know, what's your worst nightmare? I bet those would bring some interesting stories. But what was your worst nightmare as you think about that? You know, what made it so terrifying? What was, you know, again, what in, have you ever thought about why our minds allow such terrifying thoughts as we sleep? Well, Daniel had a dream, and it too was a terrifying thought. There were four winds from the corners of the earth churning up the sea, four winds from heaven. And again, out of the sea came four great beasts terrifying beast that he'd never seen before. The first beast in Daniel 7 was a lion uh, that had eagle's wings. Kind of an odd beast. The second beast uh, was like a bear. It was raised up on one side and it had three ribs between its jaws. The third beast was like a leopard and it had four wings on its back and the beast had four, four leopard heads. The fourth beast had great big iron teeth, iron teeth that crushed and destroyed and abused and devoured its victims. Of course, it also had ten horns, the final beast. These four beasts represented four great kingdoms that would soon fall after, follow after Daniel. And of course, we're able to look back in history now, right? And, and we can identify those four kingdoms. The first one was the Babylonian Empire that conquered Jerusalem and took all the people of Jerusalem away into the Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Very powerful kingdom. The kingdom that followed that was the Medo-Persian Empire. And the Medo-Persian Empire destroyed Babylon and conquered them. And then they were friendly to God's people, Israel, and let them go back to Jerusalem. The next kingdom were the Greeks led by, remember your history, Alexander the Great, who was the greatest conqueror that the world has ever known. They conquered the whole known world at the time. Then the next kingdom, even greater than those before, the mighty kingdom of Rome. Now, Daniel's nightmare intensified as he saw these kingdoms rise to power and, and even oppose the church. In the vision of the fourth beast, which was Rome, uh, they had... Rome had that, that animal with the ten horns, and then all of a sudden one little horn rose up among the ten. And this little horn, it says this, this horn had eyes like a human and a mouth that boasted of great things. A mouth that boasted against the things of God. These nations would speak against the Lord. This horn would speak impressive things to the world. It represents false teaching. 
Now, false teaching opposes God's Word. False teaching always opposes God's Word. False teaching always opposes what God has to say. And false teaching is always dangerous. And false teaching is always has the power to destroy the people of God, still does today. Don't underestimate the false teaching of the world around us. And all those images were quite terrifying to Daniel, a nightmare. But God gave Daniel hope, because in Daniel's vision, Daniel also got to see Jesus. And he got to see uh, uh, our Lord and Savior called the Son of Man. And the Son of Man enters into the presence of God the Father. And he got to see Jesus set up his kingdom. Uh, A kingdom of mercy, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom where God's love rules forever and ever and never fails. And so our theme this morning, uh, Jesus, our everlasting king. He's king of the kingdom. And who knows what scary things are going to happen in in your life. Who knows what scary things are going to happen in mine. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen to our, our life, our property, our family. We don't know what's around the corner. However, on this Christ the King Sunday, we want to celebrate that Jesus is our King, and we want to know that Jesus is in control. It's nothing new that we didn't, didn't already know, but, but again, no matter what the future brings, Jesus is in control of your destiny. He knows what's going to happen to you. He's in control of your future. And... I'm not just talking about your future here on earth, you know, the, 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 how you spend out your days here. I'm talking about that day in your future where you're standing before the throne of God and it's the day of judgment. He's in control of that day. He's in control of your future. And on that day, on that day of judgment, when you're standing before the Lord to be judged, whether you'll go to heaven or, or go to hell, there's only one safe place to stand, and that's to stand in Jesus. Right? Daniel describes how Jesus is in control. In my visions during the night, I saw among the clouds in heaven someone like the Son of Man. He's talking about Jesus there. The Son of Man is Jesus. The Son of Man came to the Ancient One who has lived for endless years, talking about God the Father, and the Son of Man was presented to God the Father. So Daniel sees Jesus in this image. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus refers to himself as Son of Man more than 70 different times. I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man. Daniel sees someone like the Son of Man. And again, Jesus reminds us, the Son of Man, speaking of himself, the Son of Man must, uh, did not come to serve, but the Son of Man came to be served and to give his life as a payment, as a ransom price for many. He was born of Mary, yet he's also born of God. So he's just like us. He has our skin. He is the Word of God made flesh. He has our skin. He has our bones. He has our hair. He's human. However, Jesus is much more. He's exactly like us, but he is also exactly God. And in fact, Jesus, both God and man, as our King. He is Christ the King. You know, we appreciate heroes, and it wasn't that long ago we celebrated Veterans Day and we celebrated what our heroes have done for our nation, the sacrifices that they've made, our national heroes that have fallen, and we honored them. Uh, We're thankful for their sacrifice, but nothing can compare to the sacrifice 
that Jesus has given us. Like many of our fallen heroes, Jesus served you unto death. He died on the cross so that your sins might be washed away. He died on the cross so that you might have a future. He died on the cross so that you might be His own and have eternal life. Jesus is your King in control of your future. Now we worry about our future, but Jesus has already fought and won. And He gives you the victory. So He is your conquering hero. Daniel in his dream saw Jesus, the hero, coming back. Now we're talking about the very last day, right? He sees Jesus come back again in the clouds of heaven, a hero. Uh, very reminiscent of what Jesus himself had said. You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power of God and coming with clouds of heaven. You know, we live in eager expectation for that day. And as the days get more and more evil, uh, I live in more expectation of it all the time. Come, Lord Jesus, uh, come again. And let's see that day where you come in the clouds of glory and you reveal your majesty and, of course, uh, to take your people home. So Daniel gets to see this Son of Man, our Lord Jesus Christ, and then Jesus approaches God the Father. And it says, Jesus approached the Ancient of Days and was led into His presence. It's amazing Jesus was allowed to do that. To walk into the presence of God the Father. You know why? Because the Bible says Jesus became sin for us. So Jesus bore the sins of the whole world, and then bearing the sins of the whole world, He steps into the presence of the Holy One? Nobody can do that. Unless you're God, and unless you yourself are the perfect sacrifice, and you yourself are pure and holy and righteous. And so even though bearing all our sin, even though being punished for all our sin, He had the power to pay for all our sin with His blood because He's Christ the King, the perfect sacrifice, allowed to approach God the Father on our behalf. And that's a good thing, that He approaches God the Father on our behalf. This is what Hebrews says, Since we then have a great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to that which we believe, to our confession, what God has told us about Him. How scary it would be to try to enter into the presence of God before the ancient of days without Jesus. You talk about a nightmare. Standing before the ancient of days and all His power and all His glory without Jesus, utter failure. A terrible disappointment, our worst nightmare. That's why Daniel chapter 7, this is the way Daniel chapter 7 describes the Ancient of Days, just to hear of how frightening he is. His clothes were as white as snow, the hair of his head was like pure wool, his throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. Just a terrifying vision. The river, a river of fire flowed, it came from him. Thousands and thousands served him. Ten thousands times ten thousands more were stationed in front of him. And then the court convened and the books were opened. Well, how terrifying to have the books opened. Right? Um, without Jesus. You know, these are not normal, plain old storybooks. No. These are not books that show all the great things the people on earth have done. Oh, no. These books are ledger books. They record everything that every person on the planet has done wrong. 
Every misspoken word. Psalm 139 says that God is thoroughly acquainted with all your ways. That's terrifying. All is seen by God. All is judged by God. He's the king. And that's why these words from the writer of Hebrews gives us comfort. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And then let us thus offer to God our acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. A consuming fire, that's a terrifying thought in and of itself. These heavenly books that are opened record every sin there for all eternity. And every sin requires a due punishment. That's scary. God records every keystroke of your computer. God records everything that you've said. God records everything that you've done. God records everything that, that you've thought and seen. Everything. And that's frightening. Without Jesus there to clean our record, <laughs> there's no hope. To stand before the Ancient of Days naked and, and in your sin. Very terrifying. But Jesus has entered into the Ancient of Days. And He enters into the Ancient of Days to plead for you. He enters into the Ancient of Days to expunge your record of wrong. To destroy all the evil that you've ever accomplished. He enters into the Ancient One. Colossians tells us Jesus forgave all our sins, having canceled the written code with all of its regulations that was against us. And He stood opposed to us and He took it away. And He nailed it to the cross. Our King. The greatest day of your life will come on Judgment Day. Yeah, that's right. You're, you say, I'm, I don't want Judgment Day to come. I'm terrified as a Christian to see the Ancient of Days. No, your greatest day of your life is going to be on Judgment Day. Because God's going to open up your book with all the recorded things. And how surprised you're going to be as He opens up a book, your book and begins to read and that you find out that all your wrongs have disappeared. All the things that you've done wrong are no longer recorded because they've all been covered by Christ's blood. God will read your book, and you know what He'll read? He's going to read about the faithfulness of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive in you. That's what He sees. That's what He reads. That perfect, sinless life of Jesus that lives in you. This is Christ the King Sunday. And because Jesus Christ is your King, you can be certain of your eternal future. You know who's in control. It is the God who loves you. It is the God who suffered for you. It is the God who died for you and the God who rose for you. And the God who entered into God's presence for you. Our text says this about Jesus. He was given authority. He was given glory and sovereign power. All peoples, all nations of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. And His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and is one that will never be destroyed. 
I love that word everlasting. It's used 500 times, over 500 times in the Old Testament. Everlasting, everlasting. And whenever we talk about everlasting, it's always tied with the fact that God never changes. He never changes. He's faithful. He's everlasting. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. What makes our King so special is that His love, His mercy, His compassions never fail. They never change. Lamentations 3 tells us, Your mercies are new to us every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The king is faithful. The king is true. The king is good. You know, life changes. We have many changes in life. All kinds of things happen to us. But Romans 8 says, No matter what changes in your life, that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Jesus is faithful to you. He's a faithful king. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, May your whole spirit, your body, and soul be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord. And then it goes on to say, The one who calls you to this is faithful, and he will accomplish it. Jesus is your faithful king. Again, in his book, Against the Night, Charles Colson uh, talks about a man named uh, Amando Varyardis. Armando wrote about the horrors that he experienced while he was in prison because of the faith that he professed in Jesus. And being in prison, he had heard the sounds of other Christians that were being killed. They dragged them off at midnight and they would, they would shoot them. And he'd, heard that he'd hear them being, the, being shot to death. The, soldier, the prisoners would hear them. The soldiers had to stuff rags in their mouth, in the Christian's mouth, because just before they died, they would shout out things that would encourage all the other prisoners. They would say, Viva Cristo Rey! Which means, long live Christ the King. Well, on this final Sunday of the church year, on this Christ the King Sunday, that's our cry. Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King. Because Jesus is always in control. Jesus is always reigning. He's always on his throne. And he's ruling for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.